0: Welcome to yet another edition of the Arena Craft Podcast, a show dedicated exclusively to Magic the Gathering Arena. I'm one of your hosts, the long locked Shaggy Arjuna. I'm joined today by the crisp, cut, clean, fresh, barber looking, dapper other host, Kovac Go Blue. How are you doing today, my friend? It's
1: interesting that none of that c- it's possible none of that is true <laughs> people okay, people now. may have only heard us They're, They they might exist out there people have never seen us and only heard us yeah my beard is getting a little long how's how's that military haircut arjuna do, do you ever do that do you ever listen to a podcast for a long time and then when you finally see the hosts it's like not even close to what you thought yeah face for radio that whole thing oh not yeah. like, not that they're ugly just the opposite of what you thought so yeah. like like this happened to me with a sports podcast and they started streaming on twitch and i tuned in and i was like not at all what i pictured <laughs> for three years of my life listening to them you know and not yeah. even close yeah
0: well it's funny i've had a number of listeners be like oh yeah i you look exactly like i thought you'd look i'm like
1: yeah all right yeah. The-
0: the, the voice-matching brain algorithm came out well, so
1: <laughs> there you yeah. go. Me, they never envisioned I could look as smug as I sound, but I can. You know, the, the attractiveness factor is there, so you got that going for you. Well, thanks, you too, man.
0: Well, well, thank you. If if people are, are fans of, you know, long-haired, bearded, glasses-wearing Englishmen, then, you know, that probably, probably might be in the market for an Arjuna
1: anyway my my wife says it literally doesn't matter if there's an accent (laughs) okay all right she's she's the first i appreciate that okay
0: (laughs) hey man i I gotta work my angles you know i gotta do do what you gotta do just stay away from my wife (laughs) (laughs) it's it sounds like she's not gonna be an issue All right, well, enough of that nonsense. Let's get into the the hard-hitting, focused, serious, furrowed-brow content that people know and love from our podcast. So we've had some announcements in the world of magic. Some say that they were coming a little earlier than Wizards wanted, but isn't that just always the case these days? At any rate, Strixhaven, we have gotten our first look at the set, a couple of cards have been spoiled, we've seen some art, we've uh, gotten the names of the major schools of, of Strixhaven, I guess. Is it academies? Is that what it is?
1: It's not houses. It's not houses. Dude, I know. Don't I'm struggling call it a house. so hard not to say houses. And, and don't call it a guild, <laughs> all right?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah whatever they are the, the academies um so we're gonna look at those cards that have been spoiled a little bit just maybe do a little more speculation around stricts haven then we're gonna go into standard again and do a little gas or ass just check in on some of these cards that people have been playing and see how they're doing check in on maybe some of the cards that haven't been getting quite as much attention so we'll do that. First of all, we wanted to do a return to form by bringing back Lightning Round to the show. had a couple of people ask where this segment went, and basically it was just that Covert Go Blue wanted to keep our episodes to an hour and 45 minutes instead of two hours. So, you know. Sure. Make me the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CGB. th man. <laughs> You know what's ironic? If you, if you were to look at the like visual of our podcast, it's probably about 70% Arjuna talking and 30% CGB talking. But maybe maybe we'll get to flip that on its head for this lightning round question. So this question is asked by Tan The Man. And Tan The Man asks, what card and standard do you think is the most likely to be banned, including new Kaldheim cards? Covert go blue. What are people clamoring for to get banned on your channel?
1: That's actually a good question. And what you just said is exactly the opposite of what's most likely to get banned, which the the cards that people clamor for to get banned is more like the screaming of infants than uh, actual rational discussion. So uh, what's actually most likely to get banned is a good question. I mean, we must be talking about standard. I'm guessing we're talking about standard.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we've already seen some kaldheim bannings and other formats for sure but yeah let's focus it on standard i'd you know i'd go for historic if you had any revelations about that format
1: i'm trying to think of a card that is both cheap and potentially game endingly broken and i'm trying to think of cards that can get printed or might get printed in the future that could just completely break a card and i i don't think that they're going to ban trickery i would welcome it to be clear but it doesn't really make sense as a ban, especially now that I'm playing in Mythic and you just never see it. Like, the people who get to Mythic and have win rates, like, they didn't play that deck. It's not real, so exactly. it doesn't really matter. Confirmed meme. We talked last week about near the end of the format, they might just ban the cards that are annoying, and we talked about RuneCrab. And yep. I I still think that's on the table. I think that there's a chance that Yorian and RuneCrab... And Embercleave and Great Henge just get banned in the last month that they would be in standard. I don't think that's insane, you know?
0: Yeah, no, they've they've established a precedent for that. Yep, I do. I do think that of the cards still in the format that are most likely to get banned, I still feel like Eldraine cards are some of the most likely. Uh, in in addition to Ruin Crab, like you said, do you think that Lovestruck Beast is going to survive its tenure in standard? Yes. Yeah? You think that one's going go yes. to go the distance? I think it's fine.
1: I, it's annoying, but fine. So many of these Eldrain cards playing the, like we talked about last week, playing the Eldrainless standard, a lot of these Eldrain cards are annoying, but fine. And decks can compete with them and without them and with them.
0: You know, for me, when I think about Kaldheim cards, a card which I think has been fine in the format, but could be the kind of card that might end up being a candidate for banning, would be Alrin's Epiphany. I think
1: now I thought about that.
0: Now here's the thing. I, I think the current power level is totally on par and, and totally fine. I'm curious whether Ulran's Epiphany could end up being the agent of treachery of this standard, right? Where it's this expensive 7 cost spell which is fine for a long time, but then they end up just being like a few too many game-breaking combinations and they end up banning it. So, that's one that I might keep my eye on. Okay, yeah,
1: I mean, as much as anything else, I to be clear, I don't think anything from this format needs to be banned on a power level basis, not even close
0: yeah i I think I'm mostly with you, which is cool, like it it really is cool. I also feel like we've been saying this before, but I still feel like this format as it is currently configured has a lot of room to grow. I think people are still trying to find good decks, I think there is a lot of cards which still haven't been explored to their fullest. So, in short, an interesting question and pretty cool to note where the format is right now. Okay, well, let's move along and see if any of these cards spoiled here from Strixhaven have a chance of upending upending that. So, all right, CGB. Before we get into these specific cards, we have the School of Mages, known as. Can I
1: ask you? Can I ask you a question though first? Yeah, lay it on me. What happened? Like, like one, the next thing I know, I haven't had time to keep up with the news this week, the next thing I know, my Discord already has a Strixhaven spoiler section when it was not expected, and then on Thursday, everybody's spamming in my chat that they're going live and revealing cards from Strixhaven and revealing information about Strixhaven, so the only thing I've gathered is that there must have been a big leak, and instead of doing what Wizards usually does, which is stick their head in the sand, they decided to go live and control the narrative like they planned it but i'm guessing they didn't do you know anything more about what happened i don't know but i think that's probably the safest guess i think
0: if this were planned it would be a pretty brazen act of preemptive marketing even for wizards i mean wizards has been giving us stuff early these days but this is a bit early this is really early. <laughs> I mean, people are still fired up about Kaldheim. I don't know anyone who's bought of the set already. Maybe that's starting to happen. But, I mean, we still have plenty of material to milk with the Kaldheim. So, yeah, I, I don't imagine that this is something they wanted to do. Having said that, it does seem interesting, doesn't it, how I feel like information has been getting quote-unquote leaked like so consistently and so regularly over the last while. It does
1: It does make you wonder. I mean, is this kind of... I don't follow, like, comic book stuff or other kind of collector things very often, but I would think that if information was getting leaked about the major superheroes with their toys and products and things like that, there would probably be a large following for those. And I'm kind of wondering if they constantly have supply chain leaks that give away things about the upcoming movies. And Because it does seem like every single set... Magic cards appear somewhere on Earth before they should. Exactly, like
0: it's the way it feels. Exactly, and it's it's always like strategically as well. It's not like here's this random chunk of seventy seven cards. You know, it's like oh, we happen to leak these five commands. So I don't know how plausible it is as a leak if you think about the information that is released and what it looks like it looks pretty polished and and media ready as it were in conclusion i just can't even figure out the machinations of wizards marketing department anymore
1: well now they're officially spoiled because they just like out of seemingly nowhere they went live on thursday and said here's the information here's the name of the universities, colleges i think they call it colleges. colleges? is that a word and okay. is that a word in the uk Is that a word in the UK? You call it university and we call (laughs) it going to college. Like, that's
0: why I ask. We actually invented the word college, I'll have you know. But yes, there are both colleges and universities in the UK. Thank you very much. (laughs) Look, you can
1: invent all the words you want. We'll keep showing you how to use them. It's fine. It's fine. Keep teaching themselves the language and thinking they know how to use it.
0: So let's, let's discuss these five... Colleges here. So we have Silverquill, Lawhold, Prismari, Willowbloom, and Quandrix. Just off the dome, CGB, which of the five colleges do you think that you belong to?
1: I have no idea because I don't know what the color combinations are. Do we want to go through them? Yeah, let's go through them. So, I the first thing, the first vibe I get, these are dual color combinations. I can tell from the command. Correct. So these are guilds, but they're not guilds. Correct. Is is what we're going for here? They they, I I think it's interesting. I know that we love Ravnica, and I know the guilds are a good reason, because if people can't tie themselves to one of five colors, people can kind of narrow themselves and classify themselves into these guilds, which seem to have a very clear identity, whereas shards and wedges, the three-color sets, don't seem to have a clear identity very often. So... They, try, they did that like on Alara, and they did that on Tarkir, where they made the three color things an identity. Now it's back to, basically, we're taking guilds, we're not calling them guilds, and we're putting them somewhere else. And it, I, I find that interesting that they're really just trying to keep finding ways to hit that button over and over where we identify with a certain combination of colors. I just think that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's an identity thing, right? I mean, one of the things that keeps people playing Magic is that they form identities around the stuff they like and you know what kind of a mage they are. I think as as someone who's built a very strong brand uh, based color affiliation, (laughs) Lou, I think that would make sense to you. So. Indeed. So let's go through these. All right. So for the, I, I'm going to resist using the Ravnica guild names. We're just going to stick with these names and the colors, right? So for the red white college, we have Law Hold. Then uh, Prismari is blue red. We have Quandrix for blue green, Silverquill for black white, and Witherbloom for black green.
1: They, they they really do sound very <laughs> huffle and griffin Puff. <laughs> they,
0: <laughs> indeed they do indeed they do but if i had to peg you Kovac go blue i'd probably put you in the prismari college apparently it's the theater kid college so
1: yeah I mean, that makes that's sense. me
0: yep done yep what what about the Arjuna man where do you see him going you're kind of, you're
1: Witherbloom to me. Yeah, you think of me as Witherbloom? I would. Yeah, you know, you're into some of that natural magic, but you've also got a kind of an evil dark side. <laughs> you know
0: what's funny is that which is more, is really more evil when it comes down to it, The the
1: black green or the blue green? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you have to if you take out like i don't know if you take out recent history blue green didn't do nothing to nobody for it's about a, 20 years good point yep yep it's a good point
0: well yeah i i would definitely put myself in one of these two green guilds for sure i am a dirty green mage at heart and as we all know the green mages especially of the last five years they're definitely the dirtiest mages
1: so the quandrix i remember like they're supposed to be like very angular and precise and mathy and, yep and mathy are you are you that you talked about the twitter thing i mean are you the type to get into that I, I'm green dirt and math it up with people i'm
0: not really i'm not but i'm yeah. also not super I, apparently the witherbloom are like very green thumb they're very kind of like nature related i you know i like a good walk in the outdoors so so put me in a bloom then (laughs) all right you got (laughs) it there we go there we go you is so yeah and then apparently the law hold are kind of like uh history buffs scholars (laughs) etc sure and then silver quill are apparently all about like wit and words and and being clever and sharp and etc
1: so I'm thinking of the book series Divergent, which was one of many teen novels to get serialized into a series of movies after the Hunger Games like took over the world and Twilight and those things. And there was a Candor was like the name of a guild there. And it seems a very silver quill to me. There you go. And no nobody's going to get that but a couple weirdos who also read Divergent. Yeah, but, you know, Slytherin
0: for all of you <laughs> maybe <laughs> for all of you listening lither quill <laughs> all right so we've kind of we've spoiled these and they have given us to talk about a command of each one of these colleges now uh if you've been playing a while ago you'll know that there have been a cycle of commands that was released and was it talk was it cons of talk
1: I believe Tarkir was the last series of commands. Yes, okay. Abs and Charm. No, they were Charms. They right? were Charms. No, that's what it was. No, Dramoka's command.
0: Yeah. That's
1: like the last one. Yeah. What is that in? Atarka's command. Dragons of Tarkir. One of those, I
0: think. Yeah, exactly. So those, that's the last time we saw the commands. These cards, the, the last cycle ended up being surprisingly playable uh, across different formats. I expect that at least some of these are going to see constructed play definitely in standard and maybe in broader formats as well. One of, the, one of the things that these commands and the charms as well really taught us is that modal cards are powerful. And modal cards with multiple abilities are especially powerful. There's a reason Cryptic Command is like still one of the most played Magic cards of all time, because it just gives you so many options. And so many of those options are powerful in different situations. So that's the first thing to know. If when you're hearing us read off these cards, it's obviously important to pay attention to, you know, what's on the card and how it's costed. But just I would don't don't try to put these cards into boxes immediately, because a lot of times the utility of these cards really gets fleshed out across the lifetime of a format.
1: Yeah, unless an ability is like draw a card. Like something that generic, yeah. then most of the time, it's not about figuring out what the best ability from this card is. It's the fact that you have the choice among several. Exactly. So let's kick it off, CGB. Why don't you read for us with a bloom command? For one black and a green, you can have a sorcery. And you choose two of the following that you get to do. First, target player mills three cards then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Second, destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value, mana value two or less. Oh, yeah. Uh, That is now, mana value is now casting cost, converted mana cost. This is a new term. It is shorter, and they can put it on cards. Which, just
0: real quick off the dome, gas or ass. I don't care. Yeah, I like it. I think it's fine. Certainly not worth arguing about.
1: They could call it blither blah, blah, and I'd be like, all right. That's, that's <laughs> what we're doing now. We're just, we're, that's just what we're doing now. It doesn't matter to me. BTB five. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so that was destroy. So that was the second effect. Destroy target non creature, non land permanent with mana value two or less. Third effect. Target creature gets minus three minus one until end of turn. Fourth effect. Target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So right off the dome, I think this card
0: is absolute gas, and I'm very excited about it, and I think it could easily show up in standard and maybe historic as well.
1: Really? Yeah. That that
0: hyped about it, huh? How come? Yeah, think about this. You're playing against an aggro opponent, they go one drop into two drop, and on your turn two, you just kill both of them with one card?
1: Gas um they wait say that again oh i guess you go one I guess, drop into two drop no, and you would destroy them isn't it yeah
0: okay so maybe not yeah i still think it's good though i still think it's good
1: i now what you just did there i can't wait to play these cards in front of crowds of people who have never played them before and are constantly telling me how they work because oh, yeah. there's so much it's, text and it's options gonna be rough it's gonna be rough it always is it's part of the experience
0: but yeah, I just think like I like play patterns like kill your opponent's small creature, make sure that you get a land lined up for your next turn. You know, stuff like that. I think that's easily the kind of stuff that control decks would want to do, or even mid range decks.
1: Yeah, it, if you use the mill effect and you get a land, in many ways it replaces itself. You get a little bit of graveyard action going if you need stuff in your graveyard. But at the, it, it's close to draw a card there, right? It just you have to hit a land in your top three and you have it to get a land in your hand. Or maybe you used a Fable Passage on turn one and made this easy for yourself. So it's pretty close to having car- draw a card attached to it on that effect alone. And then everything else, if you can somehow remove or interact in a positive way, then you're doing it. Um, I don't... I The target opponent loses two life and you gain two life, I feel like that's only going to be for lethal lethal yeah. or nothing else and nothing else about the card is remotely aggressive yeah so I agree with that. that one seems a little out there the idea of hitting it with as a removal spell is a little awkward because it's a sorcery so like you're not going to catch a thieves guild enforcer with this very easily and there aren't a lot of one toughness things out there but you can take out the opponent's lovestruck beast token and maybe make their life hard um what are the non-creature, non-land permanents we're going to blow up that are two or less? Maze they got rid Tome. of clover.
0: Yeah, maze, Mine Tome, Maybe you're right. This, this might. They might actually have had cards like clover in mind when they designed Dude, this card.
1: Kill your innkeeper. Kill your clover. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. but but no more. No yeah, more. Yeah,
0: I agree that 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 clause is it's powerful but narrow. It unfortunately doesn't hit things like um, like the sky mall, for example. That's true. Yep,
1: does kill the thing it would attach to, probably on curve. Oh, it does kill. uh, Does it kill Halva's equipment though? Does it kill Halvar's equipment? Um, the, the sword? The sword? Yeah. That it can kill two, Sword of right? the Realms. Yep. Yeah. So It can also kill seasoned Hollow Blade with the minus one ability. There you go. And the toughness, yeah. so that's
0: good. I mean, there might be some matchups where you just cast this on turn two, kill your opponent's Hollow Blade, and gain two life, right? I mean, that could just be the, the difference.
1: I mean, I'd do it. I'd do it if I were against a certain kind of aggro deck. Heck yeah, especially if you didn't need the land. So that would be tough. I'd, I'd usually <laughs> you to have just... to land. <laughs> <laughs> five lands in hand. Let's go. It is target player. Is there a spot to mill the opponent when they like scry to the top or something? Could you just be. get that get that little value. <laughs> Could be. Or just finishing them off at the end of a grindy
0: game. Maybe.
1: <laughs> now you're playing limited.
0: Good thing that RO is out of the format because this card would just be busted in RO decks.
1: How many how many
0: commands do you think
1: you can run? In one deck. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, say you're playing black-green. Yeah. Do you think that this is a four-of? Oh, I see what you mean.
0: Uh, probably not. I I probably see these cards as like a one or two-of yeah. main deck. Maybe if you have a particularly good matchup, you could bring some in from the sideboard. Because, I mean, yeah. think about like if you're in a matchup, I think mono-white's an excellent example, right? If you're in a matchup like that, it it kind of sucks to have like two mana spot removal that kills that one t- you know one mana threats and we, you know it's not like we have great one mana removal spells in the format that we really feel great about playing like fatal push for example so being able to have a removal spell which hits your opponent's cheap stuff that does give you some extra value i think that that feels really good
1: yeah i'm i'm into this one in a in a small number one or two probably
0: yeah yeah, I, I like this card. I'm high on it.
1: And it, it will change if they give us non-creature cheap things. I think that that's the part of the card that's really compelling. Because yeah. if you can destroy a really cool non-land, non-creature permanent that's mana values two or less, and sort of draw a card with the mill return a land effect, that's really good for two mana.
0: Yeah, I mean, imagine like blow up your opponent's glass casket and then get a land that's pretty good that, that's, that's pretty good that's pretty gas you know even in a control matchup like blow your blow up your opponent's maze mine tome and get a land that's that's you know probably feeling pretty good for you yeah uh all right let's keep moving along here so the next one silver quill command two white black sorcery choose two. First option is target creature gets plus three plus three and gains flying until end of turn Second option, return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Third option, target player draws a card and loses one life. Fourth option, target opponent sacrifices a creature. So I would say overall, like like you were saying, CGB, the can tripping on a card like this kind of puts a pretty a relatively decent floor on just how bad it can be. Yeah. You know, so I I think that You're not gonna I don't read this kind of card as just like an auto-include in a deck necessarily, but I could definitely see in certain matchups like, you know, like make your opponent sacrifice a Toski and draw a card, something like that. Could be pretty
1: strong. Sacrifice a dream trawler, draw a card. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's gotta feel pretty good. (laughs) So I I think it's worth noting here that we the first one we talked about was a sorcery, and this one's a sorcery. The rest of them are not which I find very interesting that three of the commands are instants and two are sorceries. And I keep looking at this one and how sweet of a kind of control card it would have been, but it's a sorcery. And that that, that makes it really slow to me because you can't return the creature back as kind of an ambush play. It does get back Valky, which is not a bad thing to be doing right now. Yeah. Let me just i think the ordering on this card is important
0: so let me just make sure let's say you return a creature card if you choose the first two options you can't give the card you returned the plus three plus three and flying right
1: correct you have to declare your targets for both before it
0: resolves exactly so if you had you know like a haster or something like that that you were trying to get your opponent with or you know maybe trying to do some other kind of a combo can't do that
1: Is it a good cleric card? I I can't believe I'm saying that because clerics are not exactly setting things on fire. But given that plus three, plus three and flying to your speaker of the heavens might help you get there when it comes to making angels. Well, I think you make a
0: good point that it's somewhat hard to imagine wanting to play this card outside of a creature deck because the first two options really benefit you for having creatures. Yeah. Um, Having said that, I could see... Again, if you're playing some kind of more controlling deck and you're in a matchup where your opponent might have specific threats like Dream Trawler um, or, you know, some other hard to kill cards, but not a lot of other creatures, then I could definitely see bringing in a card like this.
1: Yeah, it's kind of removal that doesn't have to be removal, which is usually pretty good against control. But the removal is so conditional. They have to have basically one creature that you can hit with it. Yeah. that it's it's unreliable like a birth of wall throws off that ability pretty hard yep yep that's true and you're definitely not going to want to like have other
0: removal to kill your opponent's wall so yeah situational card situational card for sure but uh the cantripping nature of it i think again just puts a floor on just how bad it can be yep okay uh
1: take us into this next command The Quandrix Command. One green and a blue for an instant. Choose two. Return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. That's number one. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Number two. Number three, put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. And number four, target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. What do you think of this one? Mm, This one... I
0: have to admit, this one did not stand out to me as being one of the more exciting ones in the cycle. I do find it interesting, that whole return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand, like this being an additional way to maybe do something like save your, protect your Nissa from getting
1: killed in Historic, could be just super tilting. <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure there are better ways to protect your Nissa than have to recast it. Perhaps. For me...
0: A big part of the playability of this card rests on the second clause, whether there are artifact or enchantment spells that are really mattering in the format. This could be a pretty, pretty gnarly thing to do to your gruel opponent. Let's say that they, you know, they focus on getting their Love Beast down so they can get their Great Henge down, and you just counter the henge and bounce the beast, and they've gotta feel absolutely miserably behind in the game at that point.
1: Uh, How about we just put two plus one plus one counters on the human token and the beast can't attack. Did it. This plays well against Embercleave too, right? Yes. You counter their Embercleave
0: and you bounce another attacking creature. And again, they're going to be pretty far behind at that point. Another cool thing you could maybe do is counter their Embercleave and buff your blocker. You know, this card has some pretty good play patterns like that. Unfortunately, it does cost three mana, which is a lot to leave up for an interactive spell. I think that we're used to uh, like Embercleave wrecking interactive spells costing two mana or less. So that's something to think about.
1: I think that you're right to zero in on ability number two, counter target artifact or enchantment spell, because it's the only way outside of like a really complicated combat step for this card to replace itself. Unlike the other two, uh, Silver Quill Command can draw a card, Wither Bloom Command can get a land from the graveyard. This one can bounce a thing, put two counters on a creature, or shuffle three cards from a graveyard into a library, and then the only thing that replaces it for sure is if it gets used use the ability to counter an artifact or enchantment. So it's hard to picture the card being very good outside of that ability because it just it, it's. Not giving us something that we can't get with card advantage somewhere else. Brazen Borrower gives you a 3-1. This might, if you happen to have a 1-1 already, you can put two counters on it, and that's then maybe it's a little better than a Borrower. But um, It does feel like you have to be planning on hitting with the counter target artifact or enchantment. How about the shuffling three cards from your graveyard into your library? I feel like I, because we, we both have the great pleasure of sometimes working with players who get excited about certain things that don't draw you cards, that are very small advantages, not the larger advantages that usually make a difference. I know for a fact we're going to run into players who are going to be really excited to shuffle like three decent cards from their graveyard back into their library with this and consider that's like replacing the card, but honestly, when you shuffle things back into your deck, you can draw them in the future, but it doesn't mean you will, and it doesn't mean that even drawing those would have been better than the random draw of something else that might still be in your deck. So most of the time, trying to not thin the deck, but thicken the deck with good cards is as, it's usually as insignificant as thinning the deck with your Fable Passage sometimes turns out to be.
0: It's it is so far below the relevance of any of the other points on this card for the average game of Magic as to be laughable. So yeah. I think really the only the only place we're looking to use that is in some very specific decks. You know, decks that have some kind of like extreme long game plan, or um, you know, decks that maybe have a very particular combo that they're trying to execute. You know, do you think that people are going to like try to make their own, oh no 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 you can't do it. I was going to say try to make their own Arin's um oh, Nexus of no. Fate with uh take turns spells. I guess you can do it with discontinuity. That exiles too. Does it exile as well? Okay. So they just really don't want us to do
1: that. Yeah, they're they're trying to stop that. Now, I I was thinking more along the lines of the the places where you should use it. Shuffle their Croxa and their Ox of Agonis back into their deck before they get a chance yeah. to exile them. That's actually a good idea. Um, yep, that's that's a perfectly reasonable use for the card. The other one would be it, like feasting troll king in response to sacrificing the food, shuffle it back into their deck. Not okay. too bad.
0: Okay. I dig it. Yeah, using it on the opponent's graveyard. Is actually might be the more relevant, more relevant application for sure.
1: Yeah, I think so. How about this? How about this? The Rogues player has milled you out, and you're on your upkeep. You untap and you shuffle back three choice cards (laughs) and (laughs) proceed to win the game. Eh, eh? It's also up to three. So if you just needed one card to win the game, yeah, like you could just put that one card, make it your library, and then draw it and win you know
0: it could be very relevant for things like let's say that you have a Thassa's Oracle deck and somehow all of your Thassa's Oracle's end up in the graveyard right this could be another way to to get it to top deck it for the win Yep. so yeah yeah there are definitely applications definitely applications but like like I said before in your average deck that should be the line of text that you're least excited about yep prismari command one blue red instant. Whoa, 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 buddy! I'm the theater
1: guy. All
0: right, I'll let you take this one. I'll take. I'll take the next one.
1: Let me let me rep my new guild. I don't even know what's up. Wait, oh, I called it a guild. I'm gonna get kicked (laughs) out of school. I'm I'm getting banished by the dean. Demerits. All CGB. My new college. Oh my god! I better be able to get a sweatshirt. I'm just saying. Um property of the prismari prismari command one and a blue red instant choose two prismari command deals two damage to any target target player draws two cards then discards two cards target player creates a treasure token and destroy target artifact what do you think of prismari command
0: those all seem like cards like abilities that could
1: be very relevant in a game of magic I actually agree. Yeah. that Like, all of them are, like, pretty flat. These are good abilities, and the cost is low, yeah. and it's an instant. So, yeah. Pretty gas. Pretty gas. Uh, I like the two damage to any target, for sure, because sometimes you just need to kill something, but it's it's a little off rate. You know, it's like Elspeth's Nightmare. You get all the extra stuff, but you do have to line it up against a very certain thing. And then... Target player draws two, then discards two. I'm thinking of when I'm going to target my opponent. It comes just, up. Just another way to mill them, you know?
0: Yeah, in your Grixis Rogues deck, you know? Yeah. I yeah, love of it. of course.
1: My tear grid is going to enjoy it, you know? Um, I, I it's, But it's a cool ability, and there are definitely decks, like reanimator decks, where you can exploit this for yourself. Uh, you want certain things in the graveyard or you just want a full graveyard this card was supposed to exist with uro it still exists with kroxa so maybe filling the graveyard is what you want to be doing it does do it at instant speed so there are things you can do like with your egon god of death trigger on the stack you can untap cast this and then there's two cards in the graveyard to exile to it and you have a six six for another turn and maybe you killed their blocker destroy target artifact is cool um Getting that attached to a blue card is, like, red usually has the ability to smash and shatter artifacts, but it's sometimes hard to find them in decks like is it You don't really have room for a card that only destroys an artifact, right? Yeah, agreed. This looks like perhaps the most main deckable
0: of all of these to me, because I just feel like Oh, yeah. Like, the flaw, again, of being able to draw two, discard two, that kind of filtering is just good. I mean, it's just a strong ability. Having it be two and not one is so much more powerful. So... Cards like this can really, you know, like, you can leave it up on turn three, see what your opponent's trying to do, and then, you know, maybe deal with one of their creatures and dig towards stuff, try to hit those land drops, or get rid of lands extra in your hand, that kind of a thing. So, yeah, I mean, this this card is just going to be good at most points of a game of Magic. I think the one exception is if it's a top deck and you have no good targets for the removal,
1: then it's fairly dead, but... Yeah, you can't really cast it if it's if you have no cards in hand. So keep that in mind, hold extra lands, maybe more than you have in a, lately. How about the ramp? You like turn 3 of this, you can make a treasure on end step and then the next turn you can untap and goldspan dragon. Yeah, dude.
0: I mean, that that treasure token, I think that people might gloss over that as maybe the weakest mode, but like yeah, there are going to be curves and situations. And here's the other thing, that treasure token appears at instant speed. So that encourages double spelling off of this card, which is pretty nonsense.
1: Oh yeah, if you have three mana, no, if you have four mana and a Prismari Command and you need to top deck a Brazen Borrower, for example, to stay alive, you can target yourself for a treasure and target yourself for the draw Two, discard Two, and have the mana to cast that Petty Theft when you hit. Absolutely, yeah, or that Essence Scatter, or whatever yep. you know really yep. whatever it That's is true. That you
0: need or if you just if you already have like uh let's say you know you you're on 3 mana but you also have a one mana spell like uh like a frostbite perfect example yep. right so perfect. you just you know you just do whatever other mode you wanted and then you make a treasure and cast that frostbite
1: oh yeah how many amazing plays have you just been a mana short this kind of gives it to you in a somewhat free way if you can trade it for an artifact or creature of the opponents. Absolutely. Like, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like versus a deck like Mono White, kill your
0: maul, kill the thing wearing it. That's pretty gas. <laughs> that's not bad. So yeah, I, I'm a I'm a buyer on this card. I, I think the only question really around this card is like, what are the blue red decks in the format?
1: Because you know um, that's yeah. it's not really a color combination we've seen much of in standard lately. I think people are going to try to figure out how to make the gold span dragon deck work. I think this is a small upgrade for it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I do love that that treasure token has immediate synergy with the dragon when it hits the battlefield. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Just just we we were talking about that deck and what was wrong with it, and it's that it's a tempo deck that doesn't really have a chance to turn the table till turn five yeah well turn five just became turn four totally that's a big deal that's like how night pack ambusher and uh simic flash became a thing well and also note
0: that if you have a dragon in play uh and a treasure this spell effectively costs one i guess although it's is it two mana of the same color
1: It is, it is, but maybe that's doable. I'm also looking at this, like, you can kind of pseudo-ramp with your dragon where you target it for two damage and make two treasures, which taps for four mana. That's That's what I'm saying, man. I think this plus
0: dragon can actually make for some interesting bursts of mana at certain points in the game, so... Keep an eye on this one, I, I think this card's priced to move and it has a lot of implications. Okay, finally, Law Hold Command, 3 red, white at instant. Choose 2, first option, create a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token. Option 2, creatures you control get plus 1 plus 0 and gain indestructible and haste until end of turn. Option 3, Lawhold Command deals 3 damage to any target, target player gains 3 life. And option four, sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards. So obviously, the thing working against this card the most is just the cost. Five mana. Five mana card, which is just a lot. I mean, any way you look at it, it's a lot to invest. So even though this card does give you a fair amount of options, this card reads, I want to win the game the turn I cast it, I I would think a lot of the time. How good is this card in like a consistently aggressive deck if the options you choose are make a hasty 4-2 and then all of your creatures crash in and are indestructible this turn. Is
1: that is that good enough in the average aggro deck, do you think? I don't know about that. I'm so I'd like to think I know a lot about how aggro decks work from battling them all the time, but When it comes to card selection for them, sometimes I miss things. This seems really expensive for that effect to me, though. Yeah.
0: I mean, it costs one more than the... uh, What was that card that made two 1-1s that got haste and buffed the team?
1: Heroic Reinforcements.
0: Yeah, Heroic Reinforcements, right? So this this is kind of like, depending on how you think about it, about analogous to Heroic Reinforcements, but that cost four. I mean, that card was very strong, Definitely saw plenty of play in that standard format.
1: That is true. The biggest problem I have with it is I keep on thinking, how does this work with Showdown of the Skalds? And I don't think it's that good because of how expensive it is because I can't imagine wanting to play any kind of a Boros aggressive deck without Showdown. And then I also look at it and I'm like, this does have remove target thing, gain life, and draw cards on it. Maybe it's supposed to be a control card. But it's pretty expensive for that as well. Yeah, to me, this
0: reads most as like a finisher uh, in a in a pretty aggressive and perhaps semi-go wide strategy.
1: I'm I'm looking at it and I see Mardu Doom foretold, where I have my treacherous blessing on the field, and I want to sacrifice it and draw two more cards and kill a thing. There and you go. Three life. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's a powerful card. This is definitely a card that can swing or
1: win a Ooh. game fairly easily. So with a Crow in War, you can sacrifice the creature that you stole. There you go. There you go. And I will say that there is this interesting
0: thing happening in Standard right now where I feel like they're trying to raise the curve on aggro decks. Have you noticed how many 4 and 5 drops are making their way
1: into decks that otherwise wouldn't have played creatures that high in the past? and what a complete lack of one and two drop cards that are aggressively statted are being printed exactly yes. uh, that was the biggest thing sansel drain for that format i was like god these one mana and two mana cards are terrible yep like terrible man yep holy cow so it's it's possible
0: that five mana is not as much mana in an aggro deck as it used to be in standard uh, especially if that you know, thinking about cards like Magda, cards like the Goldspan Dragon, uh, you know, if, if we're gaining some incremental mana advantage casting and playing cards like that,
1: I don't know, kind of makes me wonder. Just tossing treasures around and seeing where it all ends up. I uh, Also, DFCs, we can play spells that are lands and lands that are spells, so we can have a higher land count than we used to. So it, it makes sense. And can we persistently and consistently get through and end the game before an ultimatum happens? Uh, I mean, maybe we've got Redane. Redane's a really good card uh, for that kind of aggressive strategy. I this is this card's interesting. I'm still scared; it's too much.
0: Yeah, I I think I agree overall. I mean, is this card
1: really better than just another Goldspan Dragon in your deck? Probably not, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, unless you go really wide because then you have to get you have to get more than like 4 evasive worth of stats out of the +1/+0 plus plus oh, indestructible and haste. The haste part is what throws me off, right? We're spending 5 mana. How many creatures are we giving haste to? That I mean, I assume it's just so that that creature you made can get in, but a 3/2 red and white spirit. What where did that come from? It doesn't even it's not a spirit cleric. You know, it's not a spirit warrior. It's just a 3-2 red and white spirit. I kind of, I don't know what's going on there. It's a little odd. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if this is,
0: if you're casting this as generating another token from something else, then that can
1: go ahead and get in there as well. We have to ask Riley Knight because this must be his his college because they're history buffs, right? There you go. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: he is versed in nonsense, so maybe that's maybe that's the draw. Anyway, yeah, this one reading as, like, the most situational slash potentially unplayable one of the cycle, but I don't know, man. This is one of those cards which, like, is like probably 90% to not be good, but maybe 10% to just be like, wow, we had no idea how powerful that card was going to be.
1: Ooh, let's try on the spot, rank the commands.
0: All right, so do you want to go, which order do you want to do, like lowest to highest or highest to lowest? Uh, whichever one makes sense in your head. You go
1: first and then okay. on go the second.
0: Let's, let's go highest to lowest then. I So I think that Prismari command is the front runner for me at the moment. Do you want me to do all of them, and then you'll do all of them?
1: Uh, I,
0: yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so for, so top of the list is Prismari. Then next it's either of the green commands. I can't decide which. Let's. I'll just say Witherbloom is my number two. Quandrix is my number three. I think Silverquill is number four, and I'll put the Lawhold Lore, command at the bottom, number five.
1: Okay, I think I'm going to go with Witherbloom at number one there you go i i just think it has the most upside coming in high Um, on that one yeah i i I mean maybe the format will line up where the minus three minus one doesn't hit anything and the destroy a non-creature non-land of two or less doesn't hit anything that's possible but i think it has the most upside because it's the cheapest and it in many ways replaces itself it was it was my favorite one when i first
0: looked at him so yeah i'm i'm with you
1: it's a good card Number two, Prismari. I I think that one's very, like, generically good. Not bustedly must-play-this-good, but, like, just right in the middle, never dead. Just always doing something useful. Oh, man. And then it gets really complicated for me, because I actually... I think... Just based on the instant speed and some powerful modes, I think I want to go with Lorehold at number three, Quandrix number four, and silver quill number five. I, I really don't believe in the Silver Quill because yeah. I don't believe in this black, white, mid-range deck. It's just been so bad recently with the like every kind of thing that's been printed in the cards we've played, anything that's playing like black, white, mid-range creatures has been so bad. It's true. I, I wonder if this is
0: the next archetype where it's going to suck forever and then they're just going to print like a couple Okos, right? A couple... A couple they're black and white. Oros. Vampire, yeah. And then it's, Yeah, they're Sorins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's just going to, you know, all of these cards are going to come out of the woodwork and secretly be bonkers.
1: It has been... It's been so long since there was like a dominant black-white style of deck just in just those colors that has creatures and isn't some weird control strategy so i could see it yeah yeah the the black white tribal vampires deck was really there for like two months and it was gone right exactly and other than that we just haven't seen that strategy ever come around and people are always hyped for angels and clerics and they always suck
0: they always suck man the thing is, your creatures need to be doing busted things, not just good things. And I think that's that's the problem. It's like all of these green creatures just have like busted written all over them. And then all of these black white have like would have been good five years ago written all over them. So, yeah,
1: here's a little value.
0: You get a, li- a body with a little value, guys. What more could you want? Yeah, what this 4-drop leaves, leaves a couple spirits behind. What more would you want, right? Yep. Anyway, but really interesting. I like the design. I like everything about these cards. I think they're really, really cool. Also, just to note, they are printing the, this like special cards uh, called the M- Mystical
1: Archive. Actually, 63 cards. They revealed three of them. Oh,
0: so so, okay. So that means that we're actually going to have a full 63 cards to look
1: out for. Is that really what's yes, going on here? That is what's going on. And there's... A- one of them in every draft booster and set booster. So they're going to be, these 63 cards are not part of the set. Okay. They're not standard legal. Some not, amount of them, them
0: are standard none
1: legal. of them are standard legal. Okay. But they are draft legal and sealed legal.
0: Now, it does look like, for example, Opt is one of them, right? And that is a standard legal card, so...
1: Well, yeah, as long as there's a printing of Opt from another set that's legal. But this will not keep Opt legal if that set rotates. Right, so we we might see other
0: currently standard legal cards included in this print run.
1: I guess it's possible. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, now, exciting, though, is that all of these cards will be playable in draft.
1: And... Some this is interesting. I, I watched the weekly MTG to get this. Some of them will be playable in in historic. Okay. But for power level reasons, some of them are ba- are going to be like insta banned in historic. Which is particularly interesting when you consider
0: that the three they've spoiled so far are, of course, the opts I just mentioned. But then swords to plowshares, which is just one of the best removal spells ever printed, and Demonic Tutor, right? So I have to imagine that they might not want either of those cards to enter the historic format. I mean, what's your speculation on that right now, CGB?
1: I can't imagine Demonic Tutor with the with the combo decks that are available. That that just seems insane to me. <laughs> Black red splash demonic tutor from Uxus. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I don't Some know. But Swords to Plowshares, I think, might make it just because White is such a dog in Historic. It's, it's been behind in so many sets in a row. These broken sets have just kind of passed White by. So I think it's possible uh for sure i think that white wanted path to exile didn't get it maybe swords is fine yeah so
0: um just for those of you who haven't been playing magic since the dark ages so swords to plowshares we're looking at at a foreign language version but i'm pretty sure that it is one white instant exile target creature its controller gains life equal to its what Toughness. toughness okay Okay. Yeah. So that's Swords to Plowshares. Now note that apart from your opponent gaining the life, this is just like an incredibly upgraded version of Fatal Push. So yeah, I mean, this is like, uh, is is there any format that this card doesn't see play in? Is this like where it's legal? No. Yeah. I mean, this must be like one of the most powerful removal spells ever printed. Yes so 100 just and that's just based on efficiency and it can hit anything this can hit your opponent's Ugin. it can hit your opponent's Wandrop. drop it can hit your
1: creature if you need to gain life that's a really good point
0: yep and and it's priced to move so yeah this card is amazing and if it did hit historic it would have a monumental
1: effect on the format White decks coming coming at you, man. Uh, Demonic Tutor, by the way, is one in a black to search your library at sorcery. It's a sorcery. One in a black sorcery. Search your library for a card. Put it in your hand. The end. Now, this
0: one goes, uh, was this like in the original alpha print run of Magic? I think it was, right? Yep. Sure was. So this was before they really had the power level of Magic kind of dialed in. And uh, Yeah. yeah, this card, this card's good. (laughs) <laughs> let's put it that way this card's good however do you think that this card is as good as it has been in some formats like I think some people would argue that the, the power of demonic tutor is commensurate with the amount of degenerate things that you can get up to in your format
1: so I, I, I don't know man two mana is like it, it seems like a good a, a spot where a tutor is too free Because you can either go assemble some game-winning combo, or if the format is slower and there aren't good cards in your format, you just go get the best thing there is to do. Yeah. Uh, Because two mana is not bad for a setup turn. I mean, imagine Fortell, but you search your library for any card and Fortell it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point.
0: Insane. Yeah. And... When you think about certain combos, like imagine, I don't know, maybe you activate your Phyrexian Tower and then Demonic Tutor. That
1: sounds pretty oh, gas. Or just fetch your tower because it can be any card. So you can just run one of your legendary land and go get it when you need it. Yeah. Could be.
0: Yeah. So this, this does just allow any number of busted things to occur. So yeah. Demo- so I'm I'm extremely curious if either of these cards make it into Historic because if they do,
1: it will be big news for sure. Do you have any idea? Like there's 63 cards and they're just being inserted into the limited format. Like what is going on? The limited format is going to feature cards that aren't standard legal way more often than the Masterpiece ever did, you know? Oh Every single time. Yeah, I can't imagine just like randomly playing
0: limited and you're playing your commons and uncommons and then your opponent just freaking tutors you out of nowhere, you know? That's going to be a fun time. Keeping limited interesting, my friends. But anyway, yeah. I guess so. so I, however, the art and the design of these cards is stunning. So I think that they're really hoping that collectors are going to be excited to buy the set in paper.
1: There are masterpieces. There are like showcase arts. Um, I heard that all the showcase arts are going to be from this series for this set. Um, and in English, they have images of some of them and they do look really nice. The framing is Very colorful and interesting. But the Japanese product specifically is going to have some alt arts, which is what you're looking at there, that you can only get from the Japanese boosters, I believe. And I think there was going to be one of each in the collector boosters, but I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that. Check the actual website. Dude, these Japanese ones are like next
0: level sexy. (laughs) Is that or is that not just the, the nicest opt you've ever seen in your life? I, 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 yeah,
1: that's a pretty nice opt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just saying. All right. Well, I think that that, that's probably about enough of us discussing Strixhaven for one episode. So before we, before we get moving on here, I uh, just wanted to touch on the standard format quickly. We have this gas or ass list. We're going to just go through this in lightning fashion and I'll, I'll ask this to both of us and we can answer and, A small amount of editorializing on each of these, but the goal here is just to like check in on a number of cards and and see how they're doing. Are you ready? Covert, go blue. Totally. All right. Gas or ass? Clarion spirit. Ass. Ass. I'm going to call it gas. This is an aspirational one.
1: Yeah, this is one where people, do you get excited about adding a 1-1 white flyer to your otherwise pile of garbage cards that you cast that turn? And if so, then this is a card for you, whereas I look at it as more removal bait. Just like bone fodder mulch, basically, a bone crusher mulch.
0: Yeah, um, i you know, my brain says it's ass, but my, my heart says gas, so we'll see.
1: How about Usher of the Fallen? gas that card is really good and you don't even activate it that often but just the fact that you can is amazing yeah
0: i'll have to give it gas even though i'm still not super stoked about it i think it justifies its slot in the decks that it's played in all right cgb this this is a big one
1: coma cosmos serpent dude if you're not if you haven't come around to it by now i can't help you anymore but this this card is gas this card is awesome uh it just still gets the the deepest ass I can I can give a
0: card. I I honestly do not know why people think this card is good.
1: I, I like I said, I'm not trying anymore. I'm done <laughs> done with I'm done trying to convince you. That's gonna be the
0: split of the Arena Craft podcast. How about Toski, bearer of secrets? Ass. Yep. ass for me as well. I think this is my hot take on toski if you're not swarming with flyers or like have some other super compelling reason that this is a top end in your deck with lots of you know hard to block creatures I don't see why people are playing this card so put it in your Clarion spirit deck okay you <laughs> this one is uh, it's controversial to be on the list but I think it deserves to have the question asked showdown of the scalds gas or ass
1: uh this is a gas card in an ass format okay so it's just not lining up right that is correct it, it is it is middle where everything is either super aggro or super over the top people haven't really figured out how to exist in the middle but they will man i'll tell you what like all of my
0: testing with showdown has been like when do i ever take a turn off to cast this card like i just have not all of the builds that I've tried it in, I've tried a number of different ones. I just felt like I couldn't fit it in. I was just like, it was always
1: the last card I played out of my hand. You're not alone on that. You're not alone. And usually if it were a way to end the game, like an Ember Cleave, then you wouldn't have to worry about that ultimatum your opponent is about to cast. Yep, yep, exactly. It does line up particularly poorly
0: against ultimatum for that reason. You tend to be casting it around the same time they are, and... Uh, not a not a good little lineup for you. Okay, Halva, God of Battle.
1: Gas. Oh my gosh. If you haven't done the if you haven't curved the Sky Mall into this, you just man, it, it it's like a cheaper embercleave with a body, is how that feels. You know what? This is what I
0: missed about Halva until I played against it, was that your
1: opponent or whoever's using it can move the equipment on blocks that is true i i am going to give the implementation of that ability an ass for it. it is so annoying to click oh, through dear. on arena oh my gosh it makes me miserable but it, it's it's a fine ability but it is really annoying to have to choose the equipment every time and then decline it if you just didn't want to use the ability yeah
0: I've just I have found this to be a total game changer in especially in aggro mirrors. like when your opponent has like a first striking blocker, whatever that best on tap creature is, it's just a pain. it's a royal pain for sure
1: yeah. okay
0: uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna group these ones together CGB behold the multiverse and saw it coming.
1: Oh, so uh, it I mean, all right. I'm actually going to go with Ass on the premise that i I didn't need either i I don't think Foretell is as good as we hoped. I'm gonna give it kind of like you said about showdown. I have not
0: written off these cards. I think that they are currently ass, but I think that they still have the potential to be gas i I'm down with that, yeah, yeah, it's not quite that time, but I wouldn't I would still consider them moving forward. okay, how about ascendant spirit ass ass. So it didn't impress you in your, your mono blue taking turns deck then?
1: Oh, of, of course it was just fine for that deck, but it's so hard to get it to top shelf. And even if you do, when something happens to it, you just want to cry. It's a 1-1 one, one for 1 a huge amount of the time, and it's not worth it. Okay, how about its Buddy Frost Argo? yeah that card's pretty good uh in, in of course it's a very narrow card for a very narrow deck that's probably not going to get better with new releases but that card is better than Ascendant spirit when i have the choice of spirit or frost Augur on turn one it's frost Augur every time okay that's really good feedback actually
0: yeah i mean dude if that card is consistently drawing you cards it's pretty busted
1: okay turgrid either side um, in commander I think this card is going to be amazing like, this oh, yeah. card is complete ass and constructed like it is it breaks my heart every time I, I I wake up in the morning well maybe this is the answer to <laughs> turgrading maybe it's doom foretold maybe it's mono black aggression maybe it's playing rats with the little elf cleric and the rogue and, and, and you know maybe it's Liliana maybe it's Elspeth it's none of these things this card is so bad
0: yeah, which is a shame because I agree. I also licked my lips when I read this card and hoped that it would show up somewhere. Here's the best thing I've done with Okay,
1: I played the Lantern and I targeted myself to sacrifice my own serrated scorpion to do the final two points of damage.
0: <laughs> that well that played. was
1: my shining moment with that card. I, it's just no. <sighs> it's a big no. Okay, how about Emma Sturm Predator? I'm actually going to give it an ass because... I think most of the decks that play it just shouldn't and should play rankle or should play something else because it's not that good. I agree. I'm going to give it an ass. I've just been unimpressed with it.
0: It's not a bad card, but yeah, it's just. It's a little understated. It's a little slow. It's a little meh. It's a little not quite as on plan as whatever else I was going to do. Yeah. How about. Your, your boy,
1: your friend, glorious protector. I'm going to actually... I, I think this one is underplayed. It. I think most people would give it ass, but I I think it's gas. I don't think it's been realized. Like, I, I think what has to happen is the meta has to adapt a bit to the aggro, like the white aggro list that's dunking on everything. And then this card can exist in the sideboard and it can be very good or it can be... Uh, you know it it provides a different way of attack i still think this card's good Mm, okay Uh, i'm gonna give it an ass just because i have literally
0: never seen this card in play actually that's not true it completely ruined me in draft once but apart apart from that (laughs) was i just
1: have not seen it
0: okay how about righteous valkyrie
1: ass Ass. oh my gosh this i have had such a hard time making this card do something just yep. has not done anything for me. Got cut from so many of the decks that I brewed just be- to play it. This card dies so hard to Elspeth's Nightmare most of the time. Oh yeah, it's it's such
0: a feels bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this card dies to like everything, which is a shame.
1: Uh, okay, Runeforge Champion. Actual gas. I am I am in the process of trying to take every Yorian deck I've ever made, go back through them, and turn each of them slowly into Runeforge decks just just as an experiment to say i played some new cards and i still get to play decks i like
0: <laughs> have you seen the showdown runeforge goldspan dragon combo deck yes dude that deck is surprisingly potent i watched crokies play against andre Strasky in their little ongoing oh rivalry. my god i
1: saw this too yes
0: and like it it, it, it that deck crushed it just totally crushed not saying it's like, you know, tier one, consistent, actually amazing thing that you should be doing in the format, but like, it's so much better than you think it could be. It really is. That's true. Yep. Okay. Your, your girl, your favorite, Cosma. How's she doing?
1: I still love her, and I played her in my mono blue turns deck, and it was great. And I just played her in my commander deck, uh, for this week, and it was great. And I still like her in various control decks, but she's definitely not quite what I hoped. Um, there is, there are enough matchups where you don't want to play either side very much. And when you draw her late in the game, it's very painful. So I get where people are coming from. I was too high on her, but I still think she's gas. I'm going to call her
0: main deck ass sideboard gas. I can accept this. My favorite use for Cosima continues to be bringing her against, like, in-control uh, mirrors mm-hmm. when your opponent boards out their removal. You slam her on turn three and you win the freaking game. Oh, yeah. Okay, how about Finn and Varagoth, these silly death-touch decks?
1: Absolute ass. F- I, I, and and stop. Stop <laughs> adding me on Twitter. Stop DMing me on Discord. Get out of my comments. Don't try to tell me how to make my Death Touch Tribal deck good and competitive because you won two games of silver. Out. I'm done with it. I don't want to hear about it. I hate Death Touch Tribal decks. I hate them.
0: You know what also kills your opponent in five hits? Is any good aggro deck, dude. Gold span dragon. <laughs> any any good aggro deck. Alright? If if five of your creatures are connecting, just do it with like a good deck. <laughs> all right, yeah. Don't don't be doing all this nonsense. Okay, next, Bergy. Oof, this card turned out
1: to be ass. It turned what out happened? to be so bad. Yeah. Ooh, I, it seems like a sweet combo card, but nobody lets your three drop live. That's the if problem. they're if like there are just aren't games where your three drops live anymore, or else they're over anyway. Yeah, it's I mean, it's the Cosima yeah. issue. It's yeah. it's the uh, it's the righteous
0: Valkyrie Cosma issue. Yeah, three drops, it feels kind of weird to say it, but I almost like all oh, three drops need an ETB now. Otherwise they're just too expensive, right?
1: Yeah, it's true. Jorn has the same problem.
0: Yeah. When we have cards like we have two drops that leave advantage even if they get killed, right? So yeah, your three drops really need to be doing something. Okay, speaking of two drops, Magda, how's she looking?
1: Um, this one's tough, but I'm going to go with ass because it always ends up getting cut from the decks that I build just to play her. Yeah, it, she does have an
0: awful bone crusher problem. It's she really does. It's interesting yeah. because players that I look up to and respect. Uh, still talk about how good Magda is and how good Magda can be. Mm-hmm. I think that Magda has like, she still has incredible room for growth. She still has incredible room to be the two drop that we all think that she could. But I agree. In the current format, she just she just eats it. She bites it too often.
1: Yeah. Magda has a lot of Lotus Cobra going on. Yes. And Lotus
0: Cobra isn't making the cut either. Yep, exactly. It's a, it's a really good comparison, actually. All right. How about pro- probably the card that people have seen played the least on this list, Kaya the Inexorable.
1: It's, it's still the same story. This is ass until we don't have an ECD that's just so much better. To play on turn five if that's the effect we want. And then maybe Kaya will be a thing in the near future, but is not at all a thing now. Every time I put this in a deck, it gets cut. It's always, you know, I'm it's always a Yorian deck, and I'm always like on card 84, 83, 82. Uh Kaya, I guess I guess I guess it's the time. Now's the time where we if we're honest, it's you. Why let me ask, why is she so much worse to run?
0: Then Elspeth conquers death. Is it just because she's incredibly easy to kill after you minus her? And like we basically always get our money on ECD, but we
1: often don't get our money on Kaya. Is that why? Yeah. And then we, yeah, we always usually get more out of ECD, whereas Kaya is usually a one and done. Yeah. But the thing is, I think the big thing is they can just let the Kaya sit there because you're the one who has to have a creature out and then you have to plus the kaya and you have to put the ghost form counter on the creature and if they remove the creature in response to it then you don't get that effect i mean they can just let kaya sit there after she comes down and minuses on something for several turns before they even have to think about it and if they cast an ultimatum they don't care i yeah it's just it's not enough effect yeah yeah too bad how about Nico harris I this is this card is gas. I just I just absolutely destroyed a good chunk of ladder, moving myself back up into the top thousand today. Went undefeated with this sweet blue white archon of Sun's Grace Nico Aris deck that just spits out a bunch of shards, makes a ton of Pegasus tokens, but also just reaches like lock status against. Mono white and against a uh, Gruel with Brazen Borrow or Nico, just every turn getting Petty Theft so that they can never hit you with an equipped anything. Oh, that just, is
0: nasty. Oh, yeah.
1: It is really a lot better than people think. So I think that blue white has been in a bad spot for most of this format where it's not. Good enough against Sultai, and it's not good enough against Aggro. But if the meta starts to congeal around Aggro and push Soltai out, I think Blue White looks a lot better. And I think this Nico Aris Arch- Archon build is really good. So for me, this card is still uh, very much gas. I'm really happy to hear that CGB because I I came in hot
0: on this card. I just thought it looked very very good. And having said that, I've basically not played with it at all. I just, the decks I've been interested in testing and playing in Standard have not been anywhere close to Nico. Um, But I'm really, really glad to hear that. You know, it sounds like you've been playing it a lot and really finding it to be a valuable
1: card. Check out tomorrow's video if you want to see Nico just run circles around Mono Red, <laughs> just just lap them, just, so, just slap them back and forth.
0: Oh, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that. I I thought that this could be a stone cold killer of exactly Mono Red decks. So that's that's so gas. So I guess that's going to be the Saturday February twentieth video on CGB's channel.
1: Oh, Nico's on the thumbnail. You won't miss it if you look. Okay.
0: All right. Well, a strong finish then to our gas or ass list. So, um, yeah, we'll I'll probably do another one of these at some point a little bit later in the format so we can see how things have been coming along.
1: But some interesting pluses and minuses, I would say. And now we know that a gas or ass list is a good 20 minutes of content. There so. you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I, I picked 20 items on the list, so, so we, we did a good job. Nice round number. Okay, and that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the ArenaCraft podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. Leave us a comment. I love reading those. Helps the engagement. We've added like, we've had a lot of follows in the last month, so keep following. Thank you so much everyone. You're doing an amazing job. Love you. You can also find Blue on YouTube. He needs no introduction there. Killing it. Go watch his uh, video we just spoke about, plus all of his other videos. You can also catch him on the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash covert go blue. All right, CGB. Looking forward to hacking it up with you next week. Later, Arjuna. Later,
1: crafties.